Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 22nd of November, 2023. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Flyers back in action tonight. They'll be in New York to take on the Islanders, and we'll be looking for many chock full of Penn Medicine assists. Flyers and Penn Medicine teaming up this year uh, for the Penn Medicine assists. For every Flyers assist this season, the Flyers and Penn Medicine will donate 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. We'll see the Islanders tonight, then the Rangers on Friday for Black Friday, and then the Islanders again on Saturday night at 7.30. Uh, we're going to hear from Scott Lawton. Had a chance to catch up with him yesterday at practice in just a moment, but let's figure out who the Islanders are, at least as of this date, on the 22nd of November. They're sitting right now in the seventh spot of the Metropolitan Division, tied for the sixth spot with the Devils. They each have 17 points. They've played one more game than the Devils. Uh, in 17 games, they've got 17 points. Uh, how about this record? 6-6-5. Six, six, and five. No team in the NHL has played extra time more than the New York Islanders. It's bananas. They are minus 12 in goal differential, 2-4-4 four, and four in their last 10. They did win their last game. Of course, it was in the shootout, so they played a full overtime and then the shootout, and that was against Calgary. That was a 5-4 win. Ilya Sorokin got the goaltending win for the Islanders. But prior to that, I mean, look at some of these games. It's bananas. Uh, back on October 30th, they lost to Detroit 4-3 in overtime. Then they beat Washington 3-0. By the way, they have three shutouts this year, two by Semyon Barlamov, one by Sorokin. Sorokin's number's not real good. I'll just give you a tip on that real quick. Uh, but after that 3-0 win, they go to overtime against Carolina, lose 4-3. They lose to Minnesota, Boston, Washington, and Edmonton, all in regulation, and just had a hard time scoring goals. Scored two goals in two of those games and one goal in the other two. And then they go to OT three straight games, or at least the OT and then the shootout. Uh, they lose to Vancouver on the road, 4-3 in overtime. They lose to Seattle, 4-3 in the shootout. And they, and they beat Calgary, 5-4 in the shootout. Keeping goals out of the net's been a little bit of an issue uh, for the New York Islanders. Uh, Sorokin not having uh, the banner year that you know a lot of people thought they needed to get from him for the Islanders uh, to be in the mix. Uh, he's stumbled a little bit here out of the gate. He's played more games than Varlamov, but Varlamov has the better numbers. In 11 games, uh, Sorokin has a record of 4-3-4 with a 3-3-2 goals against average and a 9.06 save percentage. And uh, like I mentioned, he's got that the one shutout on the year. Semyon Varlamov in six games played has a record of 2-3-1 at 2-1-8 goals against average, but a pretty gaudy, it's <laughs> a big number, 9.34 save percentage. Uh, for the veteran netminder. Who leads the way when it comes to scoring? It's Matthew Barzell, as you would expect. Uh, Matthew Barzell in the year, four goals, 11 assists, 15 points in 17 games. Dobson's got 15 as well, five of them goals. Horvat with 14 and Brock Nelson uh, with 12 points on the season. This is an Islander team. I'm trying to figure out, I feel like they're an in-between team. I don't know whether they're all of a sudden going to put it together and make a run with a veter veteran lineup or... If it's time to turn it over, uh, we shall see uh, what they do in the, on the island and Lou Lamorello decides. But it's the Flyers and the Islanders for two of the next three games. Uh, so we'll see them coming up tonight uh, on the road for the Philadelphia Flyers as they look to win their sixth straight game. 
on the Flyers as we sit here on the 22nd, just one day away. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Flyers have played 18 games. They have a record of 10-7-1, 21 points on the year, plus 8 in goal differential, 6-4 and four in their last 10. And like I said, they've won five straight. We'll see if they can make it six straight coming up tonight. Last year, they never won five straight. That feels like it hasn't happened in an eternity for this Flyers team. But yesterday, I had a chance to uh, head to Flyers practice. Pretty lengthy session on the ice for the boys. Uh, a lot of work being done, and uh, they had the day off prior. So uh, good uh, time to get out there and get the blood moving, get a good sweat in before they headed uh, up to New York to take on the Islanders tonight. And I had a chance to sit down with Flyers forward Scott Lawton. Flyers practice as the Flyers wrap up practice, get ready to head out on the road for one more before the holiday. We're with Scott Lawton. Uh, lots five straight, I imagine, you know, just kind of, the vibe coming to the rink every day feels pretty pretty darn good when things are going like this. Yeah, it's been uh, been a good stretch for us. I think uh, since San Jose, um, had a really good uh, rest of the road trip there and, and came back home. I think uh, we wanted to focus on, on uh, being a little bit better at home and, and uh, finishing out games. And I thought we did that. Obviously, getting a lead early is, is uh, crucial and uh, you're not chasing games and... and uh, not holding on as much, so uh, we continue to play like this. Uh, we'll win some uh, some more games, but uh, can't get it too high. Uh, it's a long year, and, and uh, just got to continue day by day uh, to grow as a team. And uh, I know it's cliche, but uh, can't get too high and can't get too low. And, and uh, we're in a good spot right now. Uh, guys are feeling good, and, and uh, guys are contributing. So it's uh, it's been a good little stretch for us here. The San Jose game, you know, you never want to be the team, you know, that a team ends its skid on. But it, as soon as that game ends, can't do anything about it. It all of a sudden becomes about what do we do with this going forward? What was the leadership group's message kind of after that that got you guys running on this on this current streak? Well, it's a big uh, big road trip for us. Uh, you fly out to. LA you don't want to waste it you know and and uh, we had two uh, pretty tough uh, challenges and and uh, we started well in Anaheim uh, had a back-to-back in LA and and uh, pretty challenging one at that uh, really good team in LA and and I thought we did a they really weren't good on job. the back-to-back yeah and then we did a really good job of that and then come home uh, not much sleep and and uh, go back to Carolina so guys have battled hard uh, we need to do it uh we got a six-game stretch here of uh, all divisional games, and, and uh, you know those how important those are, and, and uh, it's going to be a, a big stretch for our team uh, heading into uh, December here. Lots first period scoring. You guys lead the NHL in first period goals. Uh, you, you've been here a while. You know about some of the struggles in the beginnings of games uh, for the last number of years. What's been the difference in first period? You're getting saves, obviously, at the right time in situational play, but you're capitalizing on the chances you do get. Yeah, I think our goalies have been really good for us, uh, letting us get settled in uh, a couple games. Uh, probably the first five minutes aren't what we wanted, but uh, our goalies keep us in it, and, and uh, then we go from there. So um, it's going to be crucial against the Islanders, especially in their building. They come out hard all the time. Uh, we got to match it and, and take it over. So um, it's exciting time for us. I know a lot of young guys have, uh, have contributed. We're going to need them and, and uh, continue to grow. Talk about playing you know when you score the first goal you guys are 10 and 1 it leads the nhl uh, not chasing the scoreboarding games how much does that change for you guys as players like you like to say well i can't control that i just go out and skate my next shift and do the right things but i think that's maybe not the case in in, in truth 
Yeah, uh, kind of like you said, uh, last couple of years, uh, when you're chasing games, it makes it hard and, and uh, makes it hard on your body too. Um, coming back in games and, and uh, wears on you. So when you can uh, get a lead early and, and uh, try and hold on to it, and not just hold on to it, but uh, add to it, uh, I think we've done a good job of um, handling uh, momentum swings on the bench. And, and uh, when another team scores, uh, we always seem uh, to find ourselves and, and uh, get right back at it. So it's been good. Uh, our bench has been really good this year, and um, guys have stayed pretty even kill. The other thing with playing with the lead is there's not the feeling of desperation. So sticking to what you guys are, are trying to do maybe is a little bit easier. Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, Torts has been uh, preaching it uh, from day one uh, about our starts and, and how we play throughout a game and um, not sitting back on our heels. So uh, I think we've done a good job of it and, and need to continue to, to go. Right, what's the plan for Thanksgiving? Uh, what's the favorite uh, dish? Is it the cranberry? Are you a cranberry guy? No cranberry for me, nothing. Just a no? little, uh, little extra gravy. Uh, I was a big ham guy growing up. I loved a good ham. but uh, Pineapple with the ham? No, no pineapple. Just uh, changed it up a little bit. I go turkey stuffing, mash, and uh, extra gravy all mixed up. It's a nice touch. How about the green bean casserole? Green bean casserole, I can. Uh, it's a nice item. Uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a nice touch. So, uh, get a little green in you before uh, before you pass out. Absolutely. Uh, you got the Islanders uh, coming up tonight. Rangers on Friday. Thanks for doing this, Scott. Thank you. Always great to catch up with Scott Lawton. I can't believe, Lawton. I can't believe he's not a uh, cranberry man. I thought Lawton would be one of the guys. Pass the cranberry. I'm not either. I am not a fan of the cranberry. I'm not even a fan of the stuffing. Uh, but anyway, um, Flyers Islanders tonight. And we'll see if they can go into Thanksgiving riding six straight wins. Now, in this episode, I also wanted to get to uh, a couple of emails. I've gotten a ton of correspondence lately um, from Flyer fans. You know, five-game win streak obviously renews some people's uh, interest to different levels. And uh, got a lot of emails lately, a lot of DMs. And, and I want to start with this one. I want to start um, with Abby, who sent me this email. It says, uh, hi, Jason. First of all, I work the night shift. And let me just say thank you for putting out your episodes at the time you do since it gives me an activity to look forward to on an otherwise quiet graveyard shift. I usually upload the episodes. Um, they usually go live by midnight because, you know, Flyers Daily is a podcast that's intended to be there when you wake up for, you know, your morning routine. That's that's the idea behind it, or that was the original idea behind it. And I don't know what time you get up, though. So if you're a person that gets up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning, first of all, that's brutal. Uh, but second of all, it'll be there. If you get up at 8, 9, 10 o'clock, it'll be there then as well. So that's why we upload a little earlier uh, sometimes uh, you know, than obviously very late at night. Uh, but thanks, Abby. And, and she also says, I wanted to write in as a fan who watched a lot of Flyers hockey back in the early 2000s and now has picked it up again these past two seasons. What a great time to start watching again. Long story short, though, I really want to buy a jersey. But at first, I was hesitant because I didn't believe that some of the players even wanted to be in Philly. And it's interesting. Now, now with the progress the team is starting to make, I feel the itch more and more. But so many of their contracts are short, and I would hate to buy the jersey of a player who were just going to trade at the deadline or over the summer. Who do you actually think wants to be there here and isn't just saying, what they're supposed to say for the media. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you for the email, Abby. I, I appreciate it very much and for listening to this podcast. And um, I was a graveyard worker, graveyard shift worker at one time as well. Um, it's a tough way 
to make a le- uh, living, especially this time of year when the sun goes down so early. Um, but it, look, players always say they want to be where they are. And I think we look at athletes sometimes as mercenaries. They're not. You know, Travis Sanheim is a guy that was drafted here. Team believed in him. He didn't like the fact that his name was out there this summer. And he was probably hurt by it. You know, you get this feeling of, I didn't have a great year. I'm, I feel like I'm now at a crossroads in my career. I've got this new contract. That comes with pressure and living up to it, you know. And the team wanted to trade me, but I didn't get traded because Tory Krug wouldn't waive his no-move clause. So I'm back there, you know. But the way he kind of has dealt with all of that, Travis Sanheim, was to go, okay, let me use that as a little bit of fuel to prepare as best I can, put on the muscle I need to put on, and go into this season with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, I like that. Scott Lawton has talked about, you know, wanting to be here and part of the solution for many years. First and foremost, you know, players don't have control a lot of times of where they're going, where they're going to be traded to. Some players have some no-trade lists or modified no-trade clause, certain teams they can't go to, but there's not a ton of control. So a lot of players can wake up on the East Coast today, you know, be in Philadelphia, and all of a sudden get sent to Calgary, Alberta. Now, I love Calgary. I think it's beautiful. You got Banff right there. But other people would look at that and go, I mean, you're sending me from a booming metropolitan area. Eh, Calgary's a big city, but, you know, this time of year, the, the winners are crazy, or Winnipeg, you know, you don't have that control. This is a, gr- a good place for pro athletes. And here's the other reason. Northeast corridor teams, the travel is a thousand times easier than it is for teams in the West. A thousand. Like, for example, Flyers and the Islanders tonight. That is as quick a trip as it gets. You could bus it. You can take a plane and, hey, we're at a cruising altitude. Now we're making our descent. It's that quick. You can be in Pittsburgh like that. You can be in even Raleigh like that. Florida's, you know, an hour and 45-minute flight. You can be, obviously, all the New York, New Jersey metropolitan teams. You know, the Devils is a bus ride. Uh, the Rangers is a train ride, and the rink's right there. It's it's very easy travel, and that's a big thing for players because an 82-game schedule with a lot of travel can really wear you down. I know Chris Pronger did a thread about this a while back on Twitter talking about it and said that when he played in Philadelphia, he had never slept in his own bed as much as he did when he played for the Flyers. He played, obviously, in Anaheim. He played, well, for Hartford in the beginning of his career, but played in Edmonton, St. Louis. But playing in this Northeast quarter is a big thing. I think players want to be here. I think I know Travis Konechny's a guy that has spoken about it. Um, you know, there's a loyalty to the team that drafts you, and there's also a loyalty to a team that gave you opportunity. So I think players want to be here. I mean, guys I would look at, Owen Tippett, even though his contract's not done, if you want to wait till a new contract extension gets done to buy his jersey, go for it. Uh, I think he would be a good one. Travis Konechny, I think, is a, a good jersey to get. Travis Sanheim that I just mentioned is, is another one. Um, I mean, you can look. Uh, Cam York is another jersey. I think when you buy a jersey, you also identify with the the style that person brings, not like how they dress, but the way they play oftentimes is something that you prefer, and that's why you get their jersey. You know, for me, it was obviously always goalies. So I was loving to get goaltenders' jerseys. You know, 
some people love the the rough and tough fighters. So you get a Dave Brown jersey or a Dave Schultz jersey back in the day or Glenn Cochran or Ben Wilson, whoever it might be. Some like the superstar players like Eric Lindros or John LeClaire. So it all depends on your personal taste, but um, people, players that are here, they do want to be here, Abby. Thanks for the email. I really appreciate it. Let's get to this next one from uh, Ken. Kenneth. Kenneth's a doctor. And I love when we hear from high IQ people like Kenneth. Not that everybody else is low IQ. But anyway, he says, Jason, I'm a longtime Flyers fan as I hail from Cape May, New Jersey. Currently live in southwest Georgia, and I listen to Flyers Daily every day and have so for several years now, whether I agree or disagree with your assessment. However, I am glad I found the podcast. He said, I wanted to discuss Morgan Frost. This is a hot topic, obviously. He said, as currently I'm listening to Bill Meltzer state it is a, quote, double standard regarding him being scratched on Sunday versus the Blue Jackets. He said, although I feel Morgan is a good player, I disagree with you and Bill as you both continue to defend his play. You stated the other day he needs the right players to play with because of his creativity. Can he create at times? But it is extremely inconsistent and, in my opinion, shies away from physical play. At the start of the season, I think it was game three. I said to my wife, I have yet to hear Morgan Frost's name at any point in these first few games, and coincidentally, he was scratched for the next six or seven. He said he disappears in games and in long spurts, and I've heard you and Bill say Forster has one goal and maybe he should have been scratched. However, he does play both ways on the ice, has numerous chances, wins puck battles, and is still only 21. His goals will come. He said you hear his name all game, whether good or bad. That's my point with Frost. I don't care if it's good or bad. Of course, more good. But I want to hear his name as it shows he's involved. And far too many times, this does not occur. He said, I was a head coach for over 20 years, and one aspect I stress to my players is to be involved. Be present. Make me know you're there. I just feel this is a problem with Frost, and it's perhaps why Torts may scratch him from the lineup. And he says, anyway, your podcast starts my morning every day, and I love how committed you are to not only working for the Flyers, but more so love that, that you're a fan first. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and of course the Flyers family as well. Uh, Dr. Ken, I really appreciate the email. It's a great email. And I think that, I think you're right. I think you're dead on. You know, the thing is, I, I've had that same feeling where I'm watching a game going, is that a guy even dressed tonight? He's not involved. He's not in in the middle of it. And that is a, that has been a criticism of Frost in the past, and it's a criticism of Frost now. While against Vegas on Saturday, I didn't think he had a good game. I I noticed him because I noticed he made some mistakes. And obviously the penalty that he took as well in a very uh, inopportune time. Not that there's ever an opportune time for a penalty. Uh, but you're right. Uh, he's not a physical player. I, I think that, look, and we don't want him to go out there and start trying to run guys and be a hitter. But you have to be willing to take on contact and initiate contact. I think at times that he needs to do that more. He is a skilled player, and I think it's important who he plays with because not everybody can play, you know, an offensive uh, 180 IQ type of hockey. But I think he does need to be more involved. I would absolutely agree with you. And if you're going through, you know, two periods into a game and you haven't heard his name, it's probably because he hasn't been in the mix. You know, hasn't been omnipresent, hasn't been mentioned by the broadcasters for, you know, making things happen or, or being involved. A lot of times people will call that being a passenger. I'd like to see him be the driver a l- more and be more, you know, right, you know, dictating more on the ice. Sometimes I do feel like he's a reactionary player, and I'd like to see him not be reactionary but dictate the terms. 
And I think as a skill player, that's what they need to do. So we'll see where this goes for Morgan Frost. I think it's a really dicey, tough situation now because the player has been scratched eight of the 18 games. And do you fall into that trap of, I don't have lineup security. So when I get in there, I got to make sure I don't make glaring mistakes. And now I don't take any chances. And as an offensive, creative offensive player, that's what I need to do. That's the kind of dicey. That's We'll see how Morgan uh, you know, can navigate that dynamic of the equation. But that's not easy. That is not easy. Um, let's get to uh, a DM that came in from another doctor, Dr. Electrica. I'm not sure if that's actually a doctor or not. It's Twitter, so you never know. Uh, he says, uh, yo, Jason, happy Thanksgiving week from Montana. Oh, man, beautiful Montana. He said, speaking of Thanksgiving, I listen to this show year-round as well as a few other hockey podcasts, and that specific term, American Thanksgiving, is used quite frequently as a measuring tool to determine who a team is or how to encapsulate the identity of an NHL team at a season's quarter mark. He said, so I guess we're at the literal crossroads. He said, if the Flyers win Wednesday, tonight, they'll be 11-7-1 in second place in their division and have beaten some really good teams along the way. Not to mention some of the players who we expected scoring from, Atkinson, Forster, Frost, and throwing Cates there as well. We were hoping to see more offense. Um, and now, well, Atkinson does have, <laughs> Atkinson has scored. So that's maybe not the guy you were thinking of. But anyway, um, but what he says is, and throw Cates in there as well, but haven't been consistent point getters just yet. So can we now start a deeper conversation as to who this team is going by that measuring stick, especially considering what could be if we start seeing more from the aforementioned players. Thanks, go Flyers and go Birds. Perfect, go Birds as well. Let me get out my little trusty notebook here. Uh, I brought this up on yesterday's podcast. The four players of Scott Lawton, Tyson Forrester, Morgan Frost, and Noah Cates have a combined 10 goals. Uh, They have uh, 22 total points. Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, Owen Tippett, and Cam Atkinson have a combined 33 goals and 55 points. I don't think you meant Atkinson. He's got eight goals, second on the team. But if you look, they were always going to be a score-by-committee team. You've already gotten 11 from Connecting. He's off to a great start. And you've gotten eight from Atkinson after missing an entire year. So that's good. Farabee's been consistent, I think, all throughout. I think he's been very good. Tippett's, you know, he's the type of, that's going to be a streaky scorer. But, yeah, you'd like to get more offense from Noah Cates. John Tortorella talked about that yesterday. Um, he's struggling offensively. Is the way to get him going offensively to play between Nick Delarier and Garnet Hathaway? Probably not. But he'll probably, Torts will probably move him back up to the third line. But Ryan Paling's been putting up some points lately. So if that tails off or when that tails off, Cates will go back into that role. I, I wouldn't even be opposed to moving Noah Cates to the wing, to be honest with you, and using Scott Lawton at center. That's the one thing you have Lawton. You have this Swiss Army knife. You can do those kind of things and alleviate some responsibility from Noah Cates to get the offense going. We know that he can play the center position. We saw it last year and be a shutdown guy. The next evolution of his game is to add the offensive element to it as well. I think there's more there. He showed it in his first year when he played uh, coming out of college. Last year was obviously more in that shutdown role, picked up some offense here and there. But if you moved him to the wing, could you get that offense going, get the confidence back going in that end of the rink, and then reassimilate him back into the middle? That's just something I would consider. Uh, We'll see if the Flyers 
uh, do indeed consider that as well. All right, Flyers, Islanders tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow in what will be Thanksgiving. Everybody, if you don't uh, listen tomorrow, happy Thanksgiving. Have a very safe and happy holiday with you and yours. And we will talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.